Hello everyone, welcome back to The Casual Martial Artist with your favorite mixed martial artist, Marcus, and your favorite 42nd degree black belt in fiery meteorite, moon dragon, wing kung rati jujitsuka, Al. So, how's it going today? Pretty good, you? I'm not too bad, and this will actually be our first episode for 2019, we can't really truly say how uh, 2018 has ended yet because we're it's still 2018 when we're recording this. But what the today's topic though is actually very appropriate for our first episode of the new year because you know as we mentioned before usually with most people one of the main re- new year's resolutions people always make is they want to get back in better shape. And So that actually fits in very well with today's topic and also what we have planned for the next topic as well. And also this is going to play into the end of last episode. Uh, Because as you may recall, we were talking a bit about black belt factories and McDojos. And there was the Karate by Jesse article and the Art of One Dojo YouTube channel, which I did link in uh, the description. So if you go back and listen to it. One of the things that both of them did mention, right? I know they did this in the Karate by Jesse article. They mentioned that one of the possible flags of a McDojo or a black belt factory is they offer classes in cardio martial arts or cardio kickboxing. So, and I I don't recall whether you said you thought that was really a good red flag or not. I, I'd say no. That's my opinion. Because you can offer that and you can offer, you know, legit classes in kickboxing and boxing at the same time just because someone wants because it's one of the cash cows of the martial arts world so just because someone wants to make a little bit more money on the side of teaching say they're have a art that they're in love with just because you want to do that on the side i don't think necessarily makes it a mcdojo yeah and, and i agree too it's like i don't think just because they offer those cardio kickboxing or cardio karate classes i don't see that as a sign of a you know, McDojo or Black Belt fact Factory and definitely not Bushido or Bullshido. Because right. <laughs> uh, mm. I think in the in the Art of One Dojo episode, I, I think he taught, meant, addressed on this that there's only so many ways you can make money, you know, teaching martial arts. And it is very difficult to actually make a full-time living where you can actually afford, you know, food, rent, and everything else just by teaching martial arts. So, you know, and, and you made the point where it's a cash cow. It's something where you got to, they can do, that's going to help bring in a different, you know, help bring in extra revenue. revenue. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So let's go back to a simpler time, the 90s. Remember the 90s? Fondly. Most, most of them at least. Some of them, I, some of it I don't remember. I was a bit zoned out, studying, whatnot. But, yep, pretty fondly, actually. Yep, because uh, that's when we met when both of us were in college. And when we were at UW Oshkosh, one of the core classes we, or one of the classes we had to take, I don't know if they still required or not, but, uh, or if they changed it, but there was a class called Active Lifestyle. Believe it or not, um, I went back for a year to try to get a teaching certificate. And, um, if you started after a certain year, you didn't have you didn't need to take that to graduate. But if you'd gone before and then returned, like I did, you would have needed to graduate. Or you would have needed to graduate because since I already graduated, it was total moot point. But 
if you started and quit before you graduated, you'd have to take that in order to graduate. Okay, because yeah, I thought it was. I seem to recall it was a. Uh, it it was required, though. I don't. Did we need like was it one or was it a half a credit of FIED or one credit of FIED? Because I remember my. I mean, I was in really good shape my last year in college because I remember that first semester. Not only did I have active lifestyle, but I had weight training and conditioning. So mm-hmm. I was well. I wasn't like wasn't ripped or anything like that, but I was actually in really good shape. So I miss those days. But anyways. Right. <laughs> There's so, one credit, I believe. I thought it was a half a credit. I don't know, was maybe it? the yeah. That was we're getting old. That was a while ago, so it it could have been three seventeenths of a credit for all I remember. But you know, and it was one of those classes that I remember a lot of. Uh, well, maybe not a lot of, but some of our classmates would often they they almost like they didn't really want to take it, and it was kind of like one of those things where. Uh, it's just like it's I, I thought i was done with gym class in high school why do i have to take this class and right i actually didn't mind it so what about you what was your experience with that class i was in that camp that couldn't stand it i resented having to take a gym class in, in university so yeah and i one of the i guess one of the reasons i didn't mind it as much is because this was my last year mm-hmm. that um at uwo so by then I was in, you know, much, much, much better shape than I was when I first started. Right. You know, also it just, it was really awesome the way it fit into my schedule. Cause I remember that, I think it was my first semester, my last year, I only had classes on like Tuesdays and Thursdays. Mm-hmm. So that was nice. Um, but another, one of the other reasons I really liked it is there was another student in that class. Cause as I recall, it was, I think there were like three teachers and each one, you, you know, you had your main teacher that you, you know, handed your assignments and stuff into, but there were essentially three separate classes and they would do different things at different times. Right. Um, so like maybe we would, you know, group A would do, you know, laps around the gym while group A or group B would be in the weight room and group, you know, C would be doing underwater basket weaving, I don't know, something else. and. Right. There was this one guy I remember in that class. I think his name was Dan. I I, I forgot, but uh, he also did martial arts. He was a black belt in some some form of karate. I I don't quite remember. But since you know when I he found out that I was in martial arts as well, we had that you know we had that bond. Right. So you know usually we'd uh, you know we'd work out together, and um, I remember one day the gym teacher. For our section was like, because uh, he knew I wasn't doing martial arts as well. Because one of the things they asked is, you know, they I guess they had this survey. Okay, what are some things you do for physical exercise? And I mentioned martial arts, and he's like, "Well, we're doing Taibo today." I'm like, "Taibo? What's that?" He's like, "Kickbox, you know, aerobic kickboxing should be right, right up your alley." So now, did they do the Taibo when you were doing the uh, active they lifestyle? They did. I actually enjoyed it. That's part one of the only that and the weightlifting are probably the only parts of active lifestyle I actually did enjoy. More because I could do the Taibo with a rhythm and a level of speed that the other kid, other students couldn't. You know, there was a lot of most of them weren't coordinated or didn't have the rhythm down, and they'd be uh, like two moves behind. Whereas I would add a move in here and there because I was 
ahead of the tape, actually. Show so, off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Not only that, I, I remember watching Billy Blank's fight and Quint karate tournaments when I was little on ESPN, so that's why I was kind of a fan of it. Yeah, and uh, I mean, I respect Billy Blanks. Um, you know, he is, uh, like I said, he he's not just doing all those kicks just to, you know, look pretty and, you know, to teach you how to punch and kick to the beat of the music. He, a very legitimate martial artist. He's won several championships. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if he was on the U.S. Olympic team or not, but, and, and I just heard that not only is he a, you know, really good martial artist, also a really good person in real life. I don't know. That was a few years ago. Things may have changed. But as far as I know, he's, you know, a good guy. Right. And I also enjoyed the Tybo section because I remember, uh, you know, Dan and I, we were really getting into it. And I think we were in the same boat that you were since we, because as as I recall, they just kind of popped in the video and you had a group of like, I don't know, like 60, 70 college kids attempting to do Taibo and they didn't really give any sort of intro. They didn't like, it's not like, okay, here's how you perform a, you know, a sidekick. Here's how you do a snap kick. It was right. all okay. Well, watch the video and do it. And, you know, I mean, yeah, like I said, Dan and I, we were really getting in there, you know, doing our punches and kicks and everyone else was just kind of standing there like, okay, I lift my leg up here. I think I do this. Right. Well, to the credit of some of the students, they actually did try, and I guess so they wouldn't be embarrassed. They turned the lights off. Did they do that for you guys? Yeah, as I recall, they had the yeah. they had the room darkened so that way we could see the screen a little bit better. Right, and so they gave most of the students gave it a try, but you know there was a lot of complaining about why are we doing this? You know, this is this you know no one no one really bought into the program. But like I said, since I was able to have the timing and whatnot down, I enjoyed it actually. Yeah, and supposedly it's supposed to be a really good workout. I think they mm-hmm. say that it's like six to eight hundred calories an hour, you know, something mm-hmm. like that. So uh, it's supposed to, like I said, very good workout, rhythmic, rhythmical moves, and you know, it did a lot of you know with the boxing and then also, of course, the kicking that blanks would have used in. I think it was Taekwondo. Yeah, it's Taekwondo. Um, I couldn't remember if it was Taekwondo or some form of karate. So, like I said, overall, it was very positive. I really enjoyed it. I didn't run out and go get out, you know, go get the VHS mm-hmm. set. Remember, people, this was the 90s. DVDs weren't as prevalent as they are now. <laughs> right. Um, so I didn't run Way out. more expensive. Get... Yeah. Uh, you know, I think a lot of people don't think about that. It's like, you know, DVD, you can go down to, like, Walmart and get a DVD for five bucks. It's like, yeah, but back in the 90s right. when you know, DVD players weren't as prevalent. They were right. quite expensive. So, right. Well, you can go on YouTube and get it free. So, so for a while there was this cardio martial arts craze. I'm not sure if it's really died out or if it's just, maybe I haven't noticed it cause I'm not looking for that kind of stuff mm-hmm. anymore. Mm-hmm. But I remember there was a time from, I would say maybe about the, you know, mid to late nineties until around the early two thousands where, you know, you look through some catalogs. Yeah. There were several different cardio martial arts, uh, exercises out there. Now, if there are any other programs that you've tried for, uh, these types of programs. That was the only one I tried. Um, actually still, I don't consider what I do table, but, um, 
for workout, I just do shadow boxing, shadow kickboxing. So basically the combinations that I ordinarily used to practice on the heavy bag or on the double end bag. So I don't, there's no brand name to it or anything like that. Cause I have had done a couple other ones. Mm-hmm. Like I said, when my wife and I, uh, we would, you know, look through this catalog, there were a couple of cardio martial art videos that, uh, she got me. Uh, one of them was cardio. Both of them were cardio Kung Fu mm-hmm. because, you know, she knew it since I did Kung Fu, she figured I'd like it. And I, I don't remember if she got it for me as like, uh, like a birthday or a Christmas gift or just, um, maybe there was, it was like a new agey type catalog. So I, I no, I'm not sure why cardio martial arts videos were in a, a new age catalog, but they were there. Um, <laughs> so it, it may have just been one of those things where like, if you order, you know, you order so many items, you get a discount or free shipping. So it was one of those things like, well, might as well, you know, right. And, the first one I got was probably the better of the two. It was a three, it was a a three tape one CD set uh, called Cardio Kung Fu. The CD contained the soundtrack. It was written by Young MC, and actually it was pretty good. Uh, mm-hmm. The it had the main vocal track. So you want to be a kung fu fighter. Uh, or no, the title was just Kung Fu Fighter. That's the main thing, you know. So, do you want to be a Kung Fu Fighter? Wow. So, and then it had like the the, the rest of the tracks or the you know the different uh, music tracks that they used in the video. And again, right. it was good. There were, you know, there was a. It started out with a little slower paced track for the warm up. Then it had some, you know, more intense, faster paced. Uh, tracks for when you're doing the exercise and then it had a slower track at the end for when you were cooling down so i liked that it was i thought it was a good cd now the three tapes the first one and this is one thing i did like about it now the first one was the workout the second one was the techniques so i it was even though it was the second tape it was the one you were supposed to watch first because it broke down uh, TJ Storm, he breaks down the moves and is like, okay, here's the name of this technique. Uh, here's how you do it. He shows you how to do it slowly. And then, you know, then it speeds it up a little bit. Right. So again, I thought that was really good because it, again, it showed you how to properly do the techniques. The third tape is, I'm going to address it uh, later on, but it was called Applications. Mm-hmm. We'll get to that in a moment. Right. The other one was also a cardio kung fu tape. Uh, this one was with David Carradine. And I'd have to say between the two, the TJ Storm was definitely the better workout. Right. The David Carradine one was boring. I don't think I even made it like halfway through. And it's not because it was a difficult workout, but it's because it wasn't challenging and it was boring. Right. Did he even have any really real credentials? I know he's on the TV show, but I don't know. Let's uh, turn to the internets here, because um, the I mean, I'm sure, of course, they did at least train him in right. uh, some stuff for the the TV series. Because that workout video series you're talking about, that sounds like something he might have done just because they offered him enough money to do it or something like that. Doesn't sound like you know he legit said, "Hey, I'll teach cardio kickboxing or whatever, cardio kung fu." Okay, according to Wikipedia, 
Carradine knew nothing of the practice of Kung Fu at the time he was cast in the role of Kwai Chang Kane. Instead, he relied on his experience as a dancer for the part. He also had experience in sword fighting, boxing, and street fighting on which to draw. For the first half of the original series, David Chow provided technical assistance with Kung Fu. He never considered himself a master of the art, but rather an evangelist of Kung Fu. By 2003, he had quite enough experience in martial arts to produce and star in several instructional videos on Tai Chi and Qi Gong. In 2005, he visited Shaolin Monastery in Henan, China, as part of extra features for the third season of the Kung Fu DVDs. During his visit to the Abbot, Shi Yongzin, I probably did not pronounce that correctly, said he recognized Carradine's important contribution to the promotion of the Shaolin Monastery and Kung Fu culture, to which he Carradine replied, I am happy to serve. So yeah, probably he knew, sounds like he probably just knew enough to you know, to, to look like he knows something, but it sounds like he did have a little bit of background, you know, that background right. in boxing. So, and street fighting, I don't know. Anytime that's on someone's bio, that, that always sounds like Bushido to me. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it sounds like, you know, he probably wouldn't have, you know, made it in the world of mixed martial arts, but right. I don't know. I'm guessing if he did have some experience in boxing, he at least could probably defend himself if it was necessary. And, you know, I'm sure, just learning. Did you ever watch any of the Kung Fu series? Mm, when I was I, little, I did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I don't, I never saw any of the original. I remember when they, they, they tried rebooting it and they had Kung Fu, The Legend Continues. Right. I think I caught like part of an episode or two, but it wasn't, It it's not a series I watched, so I can't really speak to how well the fight scenes were done. Right. I mean, I'm assuming since it was made for TV, of course, it was probably made to look a lot, you know, cooler than, you know, than what it would, yeah, a lot flashier than uh, what it would normally be. Right. So those are actually the the video programs I tried. Now, have you ever done any like live classes in cardio martial arts? No. I'm really not a social being, so I don't I don't do that, and uh, I go at my own pace. And I, if I'm going to do anything cardio wise, it's going to be the techniques that I want to practice or that I want to keep, you know, muscle memory for. It's not going to be I don't want to follow anyone else's curriculum. Okay, because mm-hmm. in back in 2000 for a, a few months, I did do a cardio karate class, and I don't know if you may if you knew the person you may have known the person who taught it uh do you remember there was a a woman named misty who was in a couple of our classes yeah yeah she had a a student named uh, heidi i think that was her name and she had her husband i think his name was either greg or gordon it began with a g um but uh heidi she was because i because misty did a martial art called chi lu Mm-hmm. And I guess they had like a cardio karate uh, part they did with it, and you know so what she she did is uh, Heidi became an, a certified instructor for this cardio karate aspect of the martial art, and she taught it at a local New Age shop. And I, I guess she never really got a lot of students. I was usually the only one in the the session that I did, but sometimes her husband would join us, and I guess she had a someone else who would you know, do classes as well. And honestly, I really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. 
And I'd have to say probably one of the reasons that I, I you know, it, since it was a live interaction, she could vary out the workout or she would say, okay, is there anything specific that you want to work on? So if I, maybe if for whatever reason, my legs were killing me and, you know, we would just do arms or whatever. Right. So what do you think is good about these different cardio programs? Um, anything to get people moving, you know, if, it, if that's what they find funner than more conventional workout, like some people hate running with a passion. Some people don't want to do weightlifting. So, you know, with all the health problems we have in this country right now, anything that gets people out there and, you know, working up a sweat, I think is good, but depends on what you're going to get out of it. As long as you don't believe that you're studying something that's going to teach you how to defend yourself as such, then I don't see anything wrong with it. Yeah. And, and that's where I think the biggest strength of these cardio programs is these cardio martial art programs is yeah, they get people moving. They can be a lot of fun. And really, I mean, the the biggest challenge for any sort of exercise or fitness program is always going to be find an exercise that you like or mm -hmm. you know, a program that you like. Right. I'd have to say that the another positive aspect of these programs in these videos is I think it can help get people interested in martial arts. So maybe it's, you know, that person down the street, maybe today they're starting by, you know, doing Taibo workouts a couple times a week. And who knows, maybe that'll get them interested in taking up the serious study of kickboxing or right. Kung Fu, karate, jujitsu, right. uh, just something. And yes, I mean, I would definitely say that if possible, go for the live programs with an instructor because... The problem, of course, with the videos is you can only do the same workout so many times before it gets boring. Mm -hmm. Now, to go back to the cardio kung fu with TJ Storm, to be fair, it was a good workout. Okay. I enjoyed it. I you know, felt it helped me a little bit, but I didn't do it a lot because it was the same workout all the time. Right. Uh, which is why I liked it when I was doing that class with Heidi, because this way I could, you know, like I said, we could vary it up. And, you know, if you if you have a partner, there's different exercises you can do that you can't do alone. Right. Um, so I would say that if you are interested in, you know, so, so the audience out there, I would say if you are interested in uh, getting into some sort of cardio karate program or cardio martial arts you know, check your local fitness center or YMCA, you know, see if they offer something there. Cause especially if you don't have any experience in martial arts, cause at least that way you've got an instructor there who can say, you know, no, you're, you're doing the sidekick incorrectly. You need to do it this way. Otherwise you're going to hurt yourself. Right. So, nice. so while there's certainly some good things about these programs, unfortunately there is a bad side, which uh, sounds like you, you know, you you mentioned it a little bit when uh, you were talking, you know, talking about what you liked about the programs. Yeah, it reminds me a lot of uh, the yoga fad these days. I mean, a lot of what's called yoga is basically gymnastics and stretching, and but people try to to build it as something that's, you know, take my yoga class, you'll be enlightened or whatnot. It's spiritual, and you're basically just stretching, you know. And you're being lied to on top of it, you know, and that's the same thing I feel about a lot of cardio kickboxing that's build this self-defense class. 
It's not self-defense class. You're not going to learn how to defend yourself. You may learn the proper mechanics of take, uh, throwing a punch, but there again, you may not. So as long as you go into it with that mindset, then not. But when you go into it thinking you're going to learn martial arts, quote unquote, or how to defend yourself, that's when you know you get taken advantage of. Yeah, exactly. Because the again, as long as you approach these programs and okay, this is exercise. It's no different than the jazzercise program that my mom does in the, you know, down at the basement of the church a couple nights right. a week. You know, right. as long as you're treating, it's just exercise. And I think when, you know, you do get people who do try to bill these cardio martial arts programs as self-defense, you're doing a disservice to those people. Because I remember I was like looking at the back of the box of, uh, I think it was the Taibo one, and, you know, there were the testimonials, and, you know, someone, one guy was saying, like, you know, no one can mess with me now, or at least they shouldn't, and, you know, it's like, okay, you're learning how to punch and kick to the music, if that's the, uh, if that's your only experience, dude, you're not, not, probably not that much of a badass. Right, you're toast. Yeah, and, and this is where the main fault I had with the TJ Storm set, and again, to be fair, for all we know, it may not have been TJ's idea to put that tape of applications on there. It could have been some clueless, you know, executive, marketing. yeah, mm -hmm. or marketing manager who said, well, you know, people are saying that this Taibo stuff can be used for self-defense. Do you think you could take some of these Kung Fu moves and try to, you know, not only integrate them into this exercise, but, you know, also make people think they can be used for self-defense? And again, it may not have been up to him. Right. But I did try pulling out the tape and popped. I don't know if it's my VCR or if the tape just degraded. I could still hear the audio. I just couldn't, you know, get the visual. Otherwise, I would have tried to make a recording of it to show it to you just so you could see how bad some of this stuff was. Right. Like there was this one, uh, the one that I remember most vividly, I think it was called Chinese Boxing. And if I remember the way the technique worked, it was like punching to your left and right, you know, out to the sides. Right. And then you bring your arms in, you know, you do a double punch, and then I think you do some other hand movement. So it's like you're doing two hand movements to the front, and then you end with punching out to the left and right again. Right. This is the scenario they had as the, and I'm doing the air quotes, application. Wow. You know, they had a woman, you know, standing there and she had three guys around her. Right. So the two guys come in from the left and right. She reaches out, punches them. And of course they fly, you know, they fall back. And then some guy charges her from the front and she does the punch and the knuckle thing, whatever. And, you know, he of course falls back and just in time for the other two guys to rush in from the side. And of course she punches him. And I think the narration was, even though Stephanie is not a martial artist, look how easily she take up, she handles these attackers. It's like, no, TJ, no. Right. Come on. It's like he's a TJ Storm is a legitimate martial artist. He should know better than that. Exactly. So and I can't imagine Billy Blanks approved of that blurb that was on his video either. I mean, he should know better too. Yeah, and so again, that's I guess that's the takeaway here is, you know, if you are interested in doing marsh, you know, cardio martial arts, awesome. You know, we certainly hope it's something that helps you get in better shape and it's something you enjoy. Just understand that it's just, it's aerobics. 
it's you know doing taibo or cardio kung fu or anything like that it's not going to turn you into the next hoist gracie or the next chuck norris it'll help you get in better shape but that's probably about it exactly so any closing thoughts for today's episode like i said it was a fad kind of like yoga is tonight in this day and age if you don't take it seriously take it for what it is a workout um nothing wrong with it i still do it myself uh intersperse that with the also my little uh faux zumba routine so you know it's a good get you sweat and get you moving so that actually brings up a question though why do you think the craze died down because i mean granted i haven't gone out and looked through any catalogs to see if people are still making these uh cardio martial arts videos but you you don't they don't have the prominence it seems that they used to because remember there was a time where taibo was just about everywhere Mm -hmm. well um to me culture changed a little bit and also the availability uh you know mixed martial arts went from being something that was looked down upon or looked at as illegal to being a legit sport so you know people started saying well you know cardio kickboxing they started realizing they weren't learning how to defend themselves so and not only that gym started opening up that let you legitimately push on a heavy bag you couldn't find that anywhere now you find two or three places that have um, boxing bags for people to work out on so those two things and also like every fad it come it you know waxes and wanes yeah they they made their money off of it and then when it wasn't just fresh and exciting anymore it you know they kind of forgot about it and I think another thing that probably also sounded the death toll for the cardio martial arts craze is YouTube because you go to YouTube and look up martial arts workout, you'll find plenty of results. Right. So, you know, which, you know, isn't bad. I mean, okay, granted some, you know, they're probably not really making much money off of it. You know, at least the people who are doing their own original workouts. I mean, I, I guess YouTube changed something a while ago where it makes it a lot harder to actually start making decent money off of YouTube. Um, You know, it's not like the good old days where, like, you had someone like, this is, of course, more with video games, but, you know, where you had someone like PewDiePie who became a a millionaire just by doing YouTube videos about playing video games. Right. But, you know, yeah, you get, you know, the people out there who, you know, they've got their, their different cardio workouts they put up. And, you know, of course, since there's so many out there, it's actually kind of nice because then you can go, you, you know, you can try doing, uh, you know, different workouts just to see if you right. find one that you like and, of course, to switch it up every now and then. And it's funny that you should say that because that's another thing that uh, killed cardio kickboxing is that every workout guru, even ones that barely had any martial arts training, they came out with their own kickboxing video. So it was a oversaturation of the market. Yeah, and that's something that can affect, you know, of course, not just, uh, you know, home workout videos, but uh, again, just being a writer of role playing games, you know, I can tell you that's another problem there is uh, because thanks to like things like print on demand and and uh, online PDF sales and uh, digital distribution, it's a lot easier to get in to break into the role playing game industry. Right it's a lot harder to stand out and because for this, the, the thing you mentioned there where you said the, you know, there was the problem of the oversaturation. Right. 
Well, I'd like to thank you for listening to this, the first episode of 2019. So now I don't know about you, but for me, 2018 was kind of a crummy year, but I'm hoping 2019 will be a bit better. So here's hoping your 2019 is awesome and keep your kicks above the belt and below the face. It was a dark and stormy night, and the hosts of the Queens of the Damned podcast had just gathered around the fire with their tomes of forgotten lore. Don't forget the wine! And a lot of wine, much of which had already been imbibed. For her part, Miranda was discussing... A history of Frankenstein, from its conception to Karloff's beloved role as the monster. And Rachel would continue with... Vincent Price. Like, everything about Vincent Price... And as the fire died down, Nikki would conclude the evening with something related to gothic literature, probably. You know me so well. Do you like listening to three women debate about the cultural significance of the horror genre? And also axe murders. I do love a good old-timey axe murder story. Then Queens of the Damned, a horror podcast, is the show for you. Find us on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, Stitcher, and pretty much anywhere you can download a podcast. Visit us at queensofthedamnedpodcast.wordpress.com, qotdpodcast.podbean.com, or email us at qotdpodcast at gmail.com for more details about our monthly horror giveaways. Stay spooky! You have been listening to a program from the Point of Insanity Network. Visit us at poigamestudio.podbean.com for more shows. Follow us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at POI Game Studio. <laughs>